1: Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Do you know listener feedback makes me go all kind of crinkly and sparkly on the inside? I'd love to hear from you about who you would like to hear on this program and what you think of what you're hearing so far. You can reach out to me via email, karen at karenhager.com, or find me on Instagram or Facebook. I am Fog City Psychic over there. Now then. How can we be and stay true to ourselves while we stay connected with our partner in a relationship, whether that's a relationship of many years standing or something that's brand new? How do we stay true to ourselves? Well, intuitive relationship healer, Deb Acker, is my guest today. And she's here to talk about how to tell when our intuition is speaking to us, In relationship and how we can use that intuition to create relationships that are more exciting and more vibrant so that that authenticity and connection stays with us are you ready to meet her deb acker is an intuitive coach healer and channel as an intuitive relationship healer, she helps women heal their relationships, especially their inner relationships. Deb's written for many publications, including the Huffington Post and Elephant Journal. And when she's not coaching, speaking, or writing, you can find Deb working out or in nature or traveling the world. You can find out more about Deb and her work at deborahacker.com. And that's Deborah with an H-A-C-K-E-R, deborahacker.com. Deborah, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm
0: so excited
1: and grateful to be having today's conversation. I'm glad you're here. So tell me a little bit about who you are. And I bet when you were a little girl, you didn't say, I'm going to grow up and be an intuitive relationship healer. So how did you get into this place?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, what's really interesting is my journey actually, I came in as a soul really focused around love. And even Mm -hmm. when I was a little girl, always knew that I was meant to have great love in my life and not the fairy tale kind of great love, but really, truly great love in my life. Now, that being said, where I started actually was before I was even two years old, my dad left. And of course at the time he wasn't leaving me, he was leaving my mother. That was a starting point for how relationships, how my relationship journey would begin Mm. And then from there, you know, I I went into my childhood and really subconsciously kept trying to prevent people from leaving, you know, and became a people pleaser as a result of that. I said yes when I meant no. I completely Mm. disconnected from myself and disconnected from my feelings. And I will say that I was terrified of something happening to my mother, who was my primary support system at that time. And so, unfortunately, when I was 17, and I believe, uh, I know this can sound harsh to some, but for me, I believe that we, you know, co-create our experiences. And unfortunately, when she, when I was 17, she passed, ended up passing away from cancer. And so, deep down, like I said, I was terrified something could happen to her or would happen to her. And then mm-hmm. when I was 17, unfortunately, it did that did happen. Um, and so, those two moments in my life, they really rooted in a deep abandonment pattern, really unbeknownst to me in those moments, because... I think we tend to think of abandonment as, you know, uh, being left on the streets. And so that wasn't the case, right? It was just my dad, you know, my parents divorcing at a young age and then my mother passing away. And so then when I went out into relationships and tried to create healthy, loving relationships, people kept leaving. And or I kept attracting physically and emotionally unavailable partners because that was what love equaled to me at that point in time. But as magically and beautifully things go, that was meant to set me on my path. That was meant to set me on this journey of becoming an intuitive relationship healer. And I've added the title master of love. Oh, <laughs> <I> love <it. laughs> so I've added that as as self-proclaimed. Uh, but that's actually what I heard intuitively when I was like checking in as I go deeper into teaching people, how do we create it's a new kind of love? I'm calling it new paradigm love. And so, you know, we have these ways of old paradigm love and new paradigm love. So just how do we create that in our lives to have these magical, full, alive, juicy relationships, relationships that actually feel right to us, which is in part aligned with today's um, topic and relationships where we, we are all in and our partners are also all in with us.
1: So that's a little bit about my story, (laughs) my journey, yeah. Can I ask, I was really struck by what you were saying about how the thing you were the most afraid of happened, and that there was a feeling that you might have helped co-create that. If we enter relationships from a place of fear the other person will leave us, are we creating that reality where they leave us because the other person's creating their own reality too right there's everybody's on their own journey what do you think about that yeah so I think
0: my personal opinion of it is, is that we are co-creating I think I already had this abandonment pattern from when I was two so in my field in my energy field was fear of people leaving people leave Love equals leaving mm-hmm. and I, and also I will always be left. So if you think of that, like, yeah. you know, it's like a, a transmitter, right? And I was transmitting that out into the field. And I remember even being like, I have this memory of being like maybe in fifth, sixth grade and being terrified at times that my mother wasn't going to make it home. Like she used to um, teach on, on the south side of Chicago. I grew up in a, in the north suburbs of Chicago. And she used to teach on the South side. And I had this, ter- I was terrified a lot of the time that she wasn't going to make it home. So yes, that was in my field. And then my mother had her own versions of of basically not wanting to be there, right? Where she would, uh, she was, she, it was hard. Like we had, I have a twin sister. So it was the two of us and she was single and on her own. And so if she wanted to be there for us, but then there was parts of her where life was just really hard. And it was like, you know, probably, as a human was like, get me out of here, you know? And so there was a co-creation in that. So I do think we are always constantly creating our reality. I think people show up for us um, subconsciously in the ways that we need them to. And then I think also, obviously they are co-creating their own reality. And of course, while my mother didn't want to leave subconsciously, there were parts of her that she hadn't faced and dealt with that didn't want to be there. Right. And so, yeah, that would be how I would explain that for myself. Yeah.
1: So how do we start to change the stories that we tell ourselves about relationships? I need to make sure that the person doesn't leave. I need to say yes when I really should be saying no. How do we start to stay connected to our truth, what is right for us, and see, I would I would say that when we're connected to those kinds of authentic things, our relationships are much better, because there's a lot more room for fun and growth and genuine discovery, and it and it's not all us, because your partner is going to come with their own stories too. It's not all us just telling stories to each other. So how do we stop the storytelling and really feel into what we most want and need in relationships?
0: I love that as a question because. There's like, I'll give two parts to this. And of course, it's it's a lot more in depth, (laughs) but I'm going to simplify it in two different parts. So the first part is always awareness, right? And so it's recognizing when you show up in relationship in a certain way, or even that you have a fear coming up in relationship, like I spent so much of my twenties and into my thirties terrified of people leaving right and that was the programming that was running in my consciousness over and over and over and even like i was trying to prevent it i remember you know the last last dating scenario I had before I really went on a new path and decided I was going to take, I was in therapy, but it was really unsuccessful therapy for many years. And I finally decided I was going to do something different to create a different result. And that last, uh, dating scenario, I don't know what to call it. It wasn't a relationship, but the last time, like I was dating someone, uh, short term um, of that was, uh, you know, I, well, when we met, I kind of remember having this thought, like looking to see if he had any kind of, you know, unavailability. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I could see that he's wearing a sign. <laughs> yeah. available." And of course, naturally, even looking for that, I was in the vibration, I was in the energy of unavailability. So I was attracting that in, but just starting to become aware of, okay, this is what I'm doing. Why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing? And or, what am I scared of right now in being vulnerable with this person and being real and in connecting with this person and getting together with them and getting to know them more, even, you know, if you're at the beginning of a relationship and just starting to become aware of like how you show up in relationship and if how you're showing up, is that really you or is that rooted in a childhood fear? Mm. Um, You know, is how you're thinking rooted in a childhood fear? So just that awareness and you know you can even one of the tools i was using a lot when i was first getting into this work was you know i wonder why this is in my field you know what is this here to show me and how is this here to help me to learn and grow and so every interaction every dynamic it was like okay what is this here to show me that lives within me right and in you know maybe it's it's here to help me to heal something so what is that and just starting to be willing to look at that and really take notice of that. Mm. Uh, and then from there, you know, the, the uh, uh, a thing that I love, because our relationships, single, I believe wholeheartedly, and I, I have seen this through my own path of healing, every single relationship I am creating, interacting with, all of that is based on my relationship with myself. And so when I can start to really notice, first of all, how am I relating to myself? Do I honor my feelings, right? Do I acknowledge my experience? Do I even know what it is that I need or want or desire in a moment? Do I even know what it is that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm feeling, right? And so starting to ask simple questions like, what do I need right now? What do I want right now? What am I feeling right now? And you can do that when you're with another person. And you can also do that when you're alone, And so again, if you're willing just to say, what do I want right now? What do I need right now? What am I feeling right now? And to take a pause like three, four times throughout your day, or if you're hanging out with someone and you find yourself losing that person, because I think that is so super common in relationships, right? We don't, especially depending on what your wiring was uh, when you were growing up, you know, so much of the time our wiring was that we sort of, I always use this example, but I love it as an example where, you know, if you've ever watched a musical and there's like, you know, the main actor actress and then everyone dancing around that person and in your life, are you the main actor or actress? Are you the person dancing around the other person? And you're not even the main, you know, actor in your own life. Mm. And so I think that that's so important. It's so powerful And it's so necessary as we start to move and return to ourselves and connect to ourselves. So we stop doing things to be a people pleaser. We stop doing things because we think being a, you know, being a good person is saying yes in this situation, even if it's like something we don't want to do. And so we start to recognize that. And just, again, that connection to our feelings and our experience and going, wait, my feelings, my experience matter. And I am allowed to take up space in
1: this moment. And that may tie right into this idea of using our intuition to help us in relationships, because if we don't, if we're not seeing clearly in the present moment who we are and what we want, if we're not curious, if we're not asking those questions, it's darn difficult, at least I find for myself, it's darn difficult to access my intuition if I'm dancing around somebody else worrying about what somebody else is thinking, telling myself stories uh, for me to connect with my intuition, I need to be clear and present with myself.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing, the thing that we're all intuitive, and the thing that tends to block us from our intuition so much of the time is our childhood wounding and our childhood patterns. And so the more we work on those, the more we, those, the more that we heal those, the more all of that happens, all of a sudden the intuition that's always coming through we're actually start to become more tuned to it, right? So we're able to, whether you, it, however it comes through for you, um, and you can open the part the parts that don't, the ways it doesn't come through, but like whether it's hearing, whether it's seeing, um, and then the less tangible ones of feeling and knowing, which are four of the main ones, there's other ways intuition comes through, but those are four of the main ones. When we can start to really clear our patterns, uh, you know, acknowledge like, you know, say for instance, you know, you're a people pleaser, right? Um, if anyone who's listening is a people pleaser, it's like, okay, what am I scared of if I don't do what this person wants me to do, right? Mm -hmm. And starting to ask yourself some of those hard questions, which again is starting to create a deeper connection with yourself and tuning into yourself as opposed to being in the outer world and just sort of functioning well, I have to be a people pleaser because otherwise, you know, Joe (laughs) Schmo isn't gonna, you know, is not gonna love me or is not gonna like me or I'm not gonna get that promotion or, you know, I'm not, they're not gonna wanna be friends with me. And so really starting to take a look at that. And again, part of what we're talking here to, about today is how do we build a strong sense of self, right? And then our, having that stronger sense of self does lead us to our intuition and to having more and connecting to and having more of our intuition in our relationships.
1: You're listening to Out of the Fog and I'm talking with Deb Acker. You can find out more about Deb and her work at deborahacker.com. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-H. A-C-K-E-R, Deborahacker.com. So, Deborah, how does it feel? I think it's different for everybody. I love that you gave us some of the Claire's, right? Seeing, knowing, hearing. One of my favorites, Claire, I think it's Claire Alliance, but I have a friend who called it Claire smelliance And for now, it will <laughs> always be Claire <laughs> So whether you're clairvoyant or Claire Smellient, um, the how do we Feel into our intuition and start to build some trust that our intuition is something that's like worthy of our attention. If we're people pleasers, if we've told ourselves a lot of story stories, our intuition often is something that we're like, what's that? Is that my intuition? No, it couldn't be. I'm sure it's not. No, it's not. We ignore it. We put it to the side.
0: Yeah, so I feel like a really, excuse me, describing things intuitively, <laughs> but I feel like one of the ways that you start to do this is to start to even notice if you had a few moments in your life where you just knew something, or you just felt something, or you just, you had this vision and you couldn't really explain it away, you know? And so, I mean, I, I, I several examples of this in, uh, in my book, Living Deeply, but I'll give you a couple of different examples. So one of them was I was in uh, sixth or seventh grade. We were at, I think we were at Pretty Woman, um, the movie. And I was sitting with my mom and my sister in the theater. And um, these people came and they sat right in front of me. And I was a very like uh, outspoken child. (laughs) Mm. And so I, you know, sort of like, I just was like, I couldn't see. And so I put my feet up on the chair and my mother was like, get your feet down. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? Get your feet down. And, um, my instant response, my instant re, um, you know, reaction was they didn't pay to be here. And again, that was something, um, that, you know, that I like couldn't explain it. Like I was like, and you know, later my mom, they got up and left actually, because they heard me say that. <laughs> and they were like, and that was back in the day where you movie hopped and, you know, kind of people sat in movies, you know, for hours, right. Movie hopping. Wow. So, yeah. So there, so that was, that was one, you know, that's one example of how our intuition came through. And then when my mother got sick and then they told her she was okay, I had a really strong, she's not Okay. But again, didn't have the words or the consciousness in that moment to recognize that was actually my intuition and not just fear. And so it's, it's a constant tuning. It's a constant revolving. And the more connected you get to yourself, which can be just, again, you start to feel your feelings. You start to, to create a space to say at the end of my day, what was that like for you in that meeting when you got shut down? Or what was that like, you know, hanging out with your friend today? And you just start to ha- build a dialogue and have a conversation with yourself. All of that stuff leads to more self-connection, where you start to connect to your intuition.
1: When you help people use their intuition in relationships, what are some of the ways that they can use intuition? I, so I work as a professional intuitive. People often ask me about intuition in relationships, and sometimes what they really want to know is, how can I know what my partner is thinking and, mm. and, and to make myself more like what this person is wanting me to be. Right. I don't think that's how we use intuition in relation. I don't think it that, that works. That, <laughs> that, that folds right back into that weird story that you tell yourself. Right. So yes. what's a, what's a healthy example of using intuition in relationship and how can listeners start to use their natural abilities? Cause I agree with you. Everybody's intuitive to help enrich the relationships they're in.
0: Yeah. So let's start at like at the beginning like say for instance you start dating someone immediately when you're interacting with them immediately when you sit down with them you kind of have a gut feeling a lot of the time right like this is somebody i'd like to get to know more or you know what this isn't really the right thing for me and sometimes we listen to that gut feeling and sometimes we don't right and so really starting to become more aware of like oh when i have that gut feeling it's probably because it's accurate. it's probably because it's true right Then starting to, when we are relating to and interacting with our significant others or in any relationship, we are constantly getting messages about things that feel right and things that don't feel right and really recognizing where our boundaries are, right? You know, so it's like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like say for, oh, this is a simple one. Say for instance, like, you know, you're starting to get intimate with a partner, And you have that feeling like it's too much or it's too soon. And yet sometimes we override that feeling, right? Again, because we want to be liked or because we've been taught, like, we can't say no, or like this person will leave. So again, you know, a lot of times um, intuition feels really light and, or, and, or if you're forcing through or pushing through something, it can feel heavy in the body. So starting to recognize it's like, Ooh, this feels heavy. Why does that feel heavy? Hmm. That might mean that I'm overriding my intuition. Hmm. Now, even deeper, a fun way to play with intuition is to kind of notice, like, what are the ways that you're maybe more creative in your in your life, right? So, whether that's writing or that's art, um, you know, it's uh, dancing, and can you bring, you know, a lot of times I feel uh, these calls or these pulls. Um, when I'm playing in a relationship that I either wanna do something silly or be more playful. All of that can be aspects of intuition too, where we start to bring in more of our creativity. So it's it's about noticing and having awareness of like, I really feel like, you know, dancing right now, or I really feel like, you know, expressing myself, you know, drawing a picture of this person, which I know that these are a little bit, can be a little bit stretched, but it's like really starting to tune to that. And then not so much of the time we hold ourselves back we're not our true selves. Right. And so can, ex, being willing to express yourself in these new ways that also will encourage your intuition to come forth more.
1: Mm. And it takes courage to express yourself that way. At least it does for me. And I'm assuming for a lot of people, it takes courage to express yourself that way. And I would say, at least just in my work with my own tuition, my own intuition, That when you are brave enough to have that authentic expression, to say whatever it is, or draw it, or dance it, or whatever it is, that deepens your connection with your guides, or your team, or source, or however you think about intuition, deepens your connection with your intuition. And it doesn't mean you're having a super psychic relationship with someone. It just means that you're more able to be fully present in that relationship. Does that seem right from what you know?
0: Yes, fully present, more real. And here's the thing about all of this. The safer we feel with ourselves, the safer we will feel to be our true selves in our relationships. I love it. So, And part of how we feel safe is we tune to those messages, right? Part of how we feel safe is we, we build the relationship with ourselves by tuning to our needs and our desires. our feelings, right? So when we tune to all, there's all these different aspects. And I just mentioned a few, There's many more, but when we start to tune to those aspects and really have our own back and say, no, when we mean no, for instance, it's another way that we can feel safe. All of those start to create and build a relationship with ourselves that all of a sudden, then when we go and we're like, I really am feeling called to draw something for this person. Like that's what my heart is telling me to do in this moment. We, we do that. And because we feel safe We've attracted someone that we can also feel safe with, and we're more able to be vulnerable, and they're more able to receive what it is that we're sharing.
1: Mm. Now, Deb, I know we've just got a couple minutes more left together. Yeah. Can you <laughs> let the listeners know how they can connect with you and find out about all the things you're offering? You've got a bunch of good stuff on your website.
0: Yeah, so you can head to the homepage of my website at deborahacker.com. And there I've got a 10 out of 10 complimentary two-hour immersion. I'm calling it a master's class sources hmm. of masterclass um, and basically in that class i talk about how do you actually create feel right all in really juicy and i'm it's new paradigm love um, and so really this whole how do we be true to ourselves how do we bring more of our full and true selves to our relationships how do we communicate our truth those are a lot of things that I'm going to be covering in that immersion. It's free. It's two hours long. It's freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> if you're more, of a, if you're more of a one-on-one person, I also have a complimentary 30 minute relationship assessment where we will talk about the truth of what's really holding you back in relationship. And then we'll put together a plan of how I could support you in, uh, really in getting on that path to healing a lot of your relationship patterns and creating the type of love that you're desiring in your life. So those are a couple of ways that I can support you. And there's 10 more on the homepage of my website.
1: Oh my gosh, I love it. Thank you so much for being on the program and sharing this. Thank you, Deb.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Again, I just what a lovely
1: conversation. That is Deb Acker. Um, she's the author of the book, Living Deeply. She's offering the complimentary two-hour immersion and that complimentary uh, 30-minute um kind of assessment call you can find all that at deborahacker.com d-e-b-o-r-a-h-a-c-k-e-r deborahacker.com and of course you can always find me at karenhager.com it's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events and what's coming up next on this radio program and i'd love your feedback to help keep this show getting better who do you want to hear conversation with what do you think about what you've heard in the last weeks or months or years that you've been listening to out of the fog so you can get me karen at karenhager.com is my email address you can find me on instagram and facebook i'm fog city psychic over there and of course you can always book a private intuitive session with me at karenhager.com and thank you for listening today together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.